Our children are great, aren't they? This is my favorite part. Does it feel like deja vu, right? Welcome. We are so excited that you are here. Uh, one of the important things about church is where our relationship is, of course, right? But also with God, but also an important part of our church is tithing, right? And so don't forget to do that. The, the plates are up here. Uh, wait. They're there. They're at the back there. They're here, you know. Uh, so we just uh, don't want you to be left out on that part, okay? Um, well, I'm, I am excited to be here, and I thank you for uh, the privilege. I know Pastor Frank's been leading us well, hasn't he? I mean, it's not been easy. It's not been hard. Let's give him a hand. Thank you, brother. Yeah, our, our, I mean, Pastor Frank, he's been leading us well. I mean, through this whole situation, his his brain has... I mean, if you could literally see it, I'm sure it's smoking. And maybe some gears need a little grease, you know, but they're, they're turning and he's always thinking of a way to help us. He's always providing an answer uh, to what's um, the next step for us. And, and, he, and he's been doing a lot of research and, and wondering how you're going to adapt to these, these decisions. And, you know, every week I always say, you know, if you've got a problem, just look Nurse Pastor Frank's phone number. It's still there. His phone number, he hasn't taken it off or anything. So uh, he wants to hear from you. And, and let's just remember that if you don't forget to tell Pastor Frank for thank you for leading us as, as he's done an awesome job. And, uh, and, and I'm here today but to, to give him a Sunday off uh, so he can sit over there without his tie on, with his, sh- with his feet on the chair, uh, relaxed. I mean, you know, it was kind of funny after all this went down with the, the COVID deal. I, I saw a Facebook post and it was, for, it was uh, Forrest Gump in character. And he said, and just like that, my pastor became a televangelist. You know, it was so funny because all we were doing was talking to the camera, you know, and pretending that you were here. And, you know, I started leaving my tie off and untucking my shirt. I mean, I like it. Are you good with it? All right, all right. Pastor Frank, he don't put a tie on no more. Are you good with it? Build his confidence because he was nervous. He was nervous. Man, uh... Oh, that's the tele, oh yeah, no, 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 not Joel Olstein. Uh, we're, we're, we're preaching truth. Uh, but you know, um, God is good, amen? All the time. And God's in charge, isn't he? He's the one that's holding it all together, amen? And I know some of you, when you think about that question, you go, no, my wife's in charge. Well, I get that. Right, Pastor Frank? Yeah, I get that. But, no, God's in charge. God's in charge, and uh, the world may be falling apart, uh, but I believe it's doing it with God's permission. He, you know, not that he wants that to happen, but he's still in control. God's still on his throne, amen? He is still there. So no matter how we feel, compare it with the absolute truth of God's word. That's what I tell the children every week, right? I hold this Bible up and I say, what is it? They say, God's word. And then I say, what's in it? And they say, no, I say, what is this? They say, the Bible. And then I say, what's in it? And they say, and then I say, what's God's word tell us? And then I say, are there any mistakes? 
no, they say no. So, you know, it's important that we look at God's word. And no matter what's going on, when we compare it with the absolute truth of God's word, everything is the way he wants it to be. You know, speaking of the world falling apart, anyone watch the news lately? <laughs> Mr. Z, Mr. Z's like, no. You know, but we do. We watch the news, and anyone follow uh, the news, what the news says about COVID-19? I quit. Okay. So, I mean, although there are a lot of opinions and a lot of emotions concerning what our world is going through at the moment, there's a lot of truth that's out there, isn't there? I mean, think about this. Here's a truth for you. We know that the COVID-19 um, is contagious, right? Yes, so that's why we're where we are today. We're spread apart. We know it's contagious. We know it's characterized by certain symptoms, okay, flu-like symptoms. We know that it makes some people very sick. This is a truth, okay, right? We all know this. Okay, another truth is the way the disease spreads. Um, there, 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 there's ways to stop the way the disease spreads. I'm sorry. There's ways to stop it. What's one of them? Social distancing. Wash your hands. I know some of you, for the, this, is, this is just first-time experiences for some of you washing your hands, but it's a good practice. Okay? So, you know, washing your hands, this is a way, um, you know, covering your mouth when you cough. Social distancing, of course. Maybe when you sneeze, don't just blow it on out there, you know. You know, cover your mouth. Wear a mask. Some of you wearing a mask, that's fine. Um, and here's another one. Clean and disinfect. Now, I know some of you for the first time in your homes, this is, this is new. But, you know, keep it up. It, it makes, the, it makes the, the, the home nice. But this is a truth, right? These are truths that are spoken. And very smart scientists. Uh, very smart scientists have studied these truths. They understand why this is. Um, We understand it, right? It makes sense, okay? Um, So how is it? This is is what just really gets me. And I know some of you said, no, I'll stop watching the news, but, you know, you're in church, don't lie. The news tells us what we need to know, not necessarily that it's true. But how is it that the nightly news can play with our emotions so hard that we lose sight of what we know and understand? I mean, just in a matter, I mean, they'll throw out thoughts that about our president or about other politicians. I mean, they put doubt in our minds. I mean, uh, about the qualifications of the scientists. I mean, next thing you know, boy, this guy's really smart. He knows what he's talking about. And then the media comes in and says, well, you know, back and nah, 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 nah. And then next thing you know, we're going, well, is he so smart? And we got doubt just like that of the truth. We know these certain truths, but then all of a sudden, just a little bit of sway from the media, and, and we lose all sense of understanding. We, 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 we have doubt that comes up. Um, these guys are, these scientists and these people, they're at hard, they're working hard. They're, they're trying their best. And here's the thing, companies, big companies are playing with our emotions. They play with them to what? Sell products. How many of you are, are getting a little teary-eyed during some of the commercials on TV today? Don't lie, I know it's just not me, Casey. I'm just kidding. You know, when that, that puppy comes on the TV and they're talking about how thousands of them are, are dying and we need help and you're sitting there going, oh, I'm going to the pound right now to get the puppy. I need a puppy. 
I mean, you know, they're, they're playing with our emotions. I know that daily emotions, uh, this, is, this, is, this is the daily picture of emotions and, and, and feelings versus truth, okay? Um, God designed our emotions for a gauge in our lives, not necessarily to guide us, but to gauge us, you know? Uh, they're, they're not meant to report to you. They are, they're, I'm sorry, they're meant to report to us, not dictate what we do. You know, they're, they're to help us. Um, the pattern of our emotions will give you and I a reading on where our hope is because they are wired into what we believe. As Christians, we believe things, right? We believe the truth of God's word. Here's, uh, uh, that's why emotions like this, I'm going to read some of them on the screen for you. That's why emotions like delight is something and let's throw that on the screen. Uh, uh, Psalms 37.4. Wham! There it is. See how I did that? Look at what God's word says, Abby. It says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give, your heart, give you your heart's desire. That's why emotions like fear. The next verse says, in uh, Luke 12.5, it says, but I will show you. The one to fear. Fear him who has the authority to throw people into hell after death. Yes, I say to you, this is the one to fear. Okay? That's why emotions like anger in Psalms 37.8 says, Refrain from anger and give up your rage. Do not be agitated. It can only bring harm. Also, joy. Joy in Psalms 5.11 says, But... Let all who take refuge in in you rejoice. Let them shout for joy forever. May you shelter them and may those who love your name boast about you. See, these reveal what your heart loves and trusts and fears. So, you know, our emotions are kind of hardwired into our fallen nature, right? But they're also hardwired into our renewed nature aren't we renewed as followers of christ i'm praying i know i'm renewed because i can think back of and shame can come in and i can just get all foundered and all of a sudden i remember the truth that god says i'm forgiven and man the weight's lifted amen i mean this 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 emotion is definitely hardwired into us and i think it's important that we understand that sin and satan have access to them, and they can use them to manipulate us to act, what, faithlessly. I mean, a lot of times we as Christians, we we tend to act a little bit faithlessly. I mean, so instead of acting on what we believe, our faith, sometimes we act on something that's not real, rather than what we know as truth. Uh, So, what I want us to do is to, to, to talk a little bit, start, I want to tell us a couple of lies that the world tells us about our feelings, okay? And, and, and the lie number one is if, it, if, if I feel something, then it must be true, okay? Um, the world tells us to follow our hearts, but, but it does not tell us where that's going to lead us. And you know, it's interesting that Jeremiah 9, I'm sorry, Jeremiah 17, 9 tells us that now, you might want to write this down. I didn't put it on the screen so you can look at it later. But Jeremiah 17, 9 tells us that the human heart is most deceitful and desperately wicked. Wow. 
I mean, so who really knows how bad it is? I mean, how bad is my heart? The world has told us that feelings are, are not either right or wrong. And, and when listening to someone, we should not argue with their feelings because to them they are real. I mean, this is what the world around us tells us. I mean, while, I mean, it's this, this is interesting, but I mean, it does provide an apathetic uh, atmosphere. Uh, but I believe that it can also reinforce Satan's work. You know, consider, consider how untrue these feelings must be. Think about these. We may have all said these before. If I feel unloved, then I must be. If I feel like life is hopeless, then it must be. If, I, if, if you feel in love, then you should get married. If you feel out of love, then maybe you should get a divorce. I mean, what is missing in this equation is what the truth is. This is, I mean, God loves you no matter what. That's what I remind myself daily. No matter the knucklehead stuff that you do, Preston, praise God, he loves you anyway. Is, my, is, my, is what I say to myself, Lori. I'm a knucklehead. He loves me anyway. You know, the truth comes from God's word. Like I said, it tells us everything we need to know. Okay, so always believing that truth and never doubting is called faith. And faith must always rest in what? God's word. That's why we read it, isn't it? I mean, that's why we look at it. That's why we are trying to understand it. That's why we are making it a part of our lives. Our lives must be based on the truth that God gave us. And this is the truth. Not on these fleeting feelings that change with the weather or our hormones or our circumstance. You know, because our circumstances is changing all the time. You know, God did not intend for our feelings, like I said, to guide us. Um, he, he, God wants that job. He wants the job to guide us in everything of our lives. He wants to be our guide. And, and we must put our trust in what God says and kind of like check our feelings at the door. You know, and, and, and lie number two. I can't control my emotions. I mean, it is true to some degree that, that we cannot control what we feel. But the truth is, we don't need to let our feelings control us. Okay, we can't, we can't help what we feel sometimes. But that doesn't need to be what's in control of us. What needs to be in control of us is the love of God. Amen? Okay, so that's a, that's a big lie. And so I have a story, and I don't know, it's in the Bible, it's not necessarily a story I made up. It's in the God's Word, and I'm not, I didn't put it on the screen because it, it's, cha- it's 1 Kings chapter 17, 18, and 19. Here's the challenge, go home and read it. It's a really cool story about Elijah. Elijah was a prophet of God. Elijah was a, a prophet of God, he trusted God, he was sold out to God, and he followed God's commandments. And a prophet of God, in case some of you are not theologians and you're not really looking and studying in God's word, a prophet was someone that God would send a message to and then the, the, the messenger, the prophet, would take it to the people. Well, the people of Israel were really living in sin. They had a new king at the time, his name was Ahab. The Bible says that he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Okay, so he was not a very good king. He was evil. And Elijah went to him, 
Everybody knew Elijah. He was a man of God. And he said, if something Elijah said and then it happened, well, then his God must be real. That's kind of how that thing played out a lot. And, and Elijah went to this king and he said to him, this king who was a worshiper, a worshiper, a worshiper of Baal and all the prophets, you know, false gods, Elijah went to him and said, hey, you know what? It's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain. I mean, those were big words when he said that to the king because we all know we need rain, amen? Amen. Farmers in the house, we need rain, amen? Amen. I mean, without rain, there's bad things happening. I mean, famine comes across the land. So immediately after Elijah goes and tells this king, it's not going to rain until I say so. It's kind of arrogant, but you know, that's what the Lord told him to say. And next thing you know, when you read in chapter 17, it says that the Lord told him to go hide. He said, go hide by the brook, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send the birds to feed you. Birds brought him meat. Ravens, by the way, unclean birds. Anyway, uh, that's another story. Uh, He announced the drought. He hid. God protected him. When the brook run dry because it didn't rain no more, God said, you got to go to another place. He didn't say it in that terrible English. He said, you need to go to another place. He said, and and there you're going to find this lady that's going to, provide for you. And so when Elijah listened and he obeyed and he went and he found this lady, um, he believed that God was going to provide. This lady was there and he told, Elijah says in the story, he says, you know, I need some food, some water. And she says, well, I don't really have but maybe a bowl full of flour and a little bit of jar of some oil. And Elijah says, well, don't worry, that's not going to run out. God's going to provide. And she trusted him. And then Elijah, trusting and doing all this, while he was there at this lady's house, her son becomes sick and he dies. So this lady says, dude, she didn't say dude, but she said, you know, you've come into my house and now that my son is going to die, you've brought this on me? And so Elijah goes and he does what the Bible tells us, he prays over the sick. And he prays and he asks the Lord in three, I think it was three times, he said, save this boy. And guess what? The boy came alive. The boy came back to life. I mean, this was Elijah doing all this stuff. His son did not die. Next, we see in the story, Elijah says, you know what? Call all the prophets of Baal. Call all the prophets of Baal, 450 of them. Bring an extra 400 just in case. Now, here we are at the sacrifice challenge. Elijah says, you know, take the bulls, take drowned it in water, you make, a, you make an altar over here for your false god, and whatever god consumes it first, that's going to be the god. Well, these knuckleheads uh, that were not following God, they were worshiping Baal. They were over here praising out their god, ha- asking them if it would come true, you know, come consume the altar. I mean, they were even, Scripture says they were like cutting themselves based on their tradition to try to find favor with their god. Finally, Elijah says, you know, okay. <laughs> I mean, it was, everything was drowned in water, and he just consumed it up. Elijah called on his God to do this, right? Then you know what he did? He took all the prophets of Baal and killed them. This is Elijah, okay? Now, up until this part of the story, this is what's interesting. Up until this part of the story, Elijah knew the truth about God. And he put his emotions aside, and he leaned on his faith in his God. Okay? Now, watch with me here. I, didn't put, I, I think I did put this on the screen. 
Uh, now, here we are at the end of where I want to stop the story. First Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 4. Now, look with me, if you will. It says, Ahab, this is the king, told Jezebel, which is his wife, the one who gets all these Baal prophets, uh, worships Baal. She's, he tells Jezebel everything that Elijah had done and how he had killed the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a message to Elijah saying, May my God, she was really saying, may the gods punish me, the gods that I worship, may they punish me so severely if I don't make your life like the one of the prophets you killed by this time tomorrow. Then Elijah became afraid. (laughs) Are you reading this with me? Then Elijah became afraid and immediately ran for his life. When he came to Bathsheba that belongs to Judah, he left his servant there. Verse 4 says, but then he went on a day's journey into the wilderness and he sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die. He said, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life, for I am no better than my father's. I mean, when I'm reading this story, I'm like, whoa, what, what, what? I mean, I'm certain that Elijah had this emotion of fear the whole time. He was saddened when he was... uh, uh, uh Watching this drought, you know, he, he, he worried uh, when he probably went and spoke to Ahab. He goes, you know, like, it's a little nervous. I'm going to the king. But, you know, it's not going to rain for a few years. He's probably a little nervous, right? When he stayed with the widow, is this really going to happen? I mean, she's only got a little bit of jar. She was actually going to eat it, make the last meal for her son and herself to just go and die, the scripture tells us. I mean, he was a little concerned there. And, he, and, he, and, he, and then he went up against the prophets of Baal. So why in chapter 19 did he just freak out? What, what, what made him freak out? His fear took over. And he lost sight of the truth. Jezebel was pretty fierce. I mean, she was pretty fierce, but, but we, we all... But so were all the other things that God had done through Elijah before Jezebel. I mean, they were pretty awesome things that God did, amen? Okay, and so, you know, um, he listened to that truth. I'm sorry. Elijah knew the truth about God. He called him, and more importantly, who God is, right? You know, we know the truth about who God is, don't we? He's my Savior, amen? We know this truth. Sometimes do we find ourselves like Elijah, forgetting that part, going, man, what am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? What am I going to do to make this right? We need to come back to the truth. You know, and I'm sure that this is where uh, Elijah knew he needed to be. He knew that all things were going to work out. God had a plan for Elijah, and Elijah was seeking out that plan. Are we seeking out the plan that God has for our lives? Or are we just allowing the emotions of ourself, our feelings, to just say what we should feel? So, I know that emotions or feelings are important. Please don't think that I'm just playing this down because, I mean, God created them and he expects us to experience them. I mean, he doesn't expect us to be an emotionless uh, machine, you know. He, he wants us to experience them. But here's the, this is what I need to understand. Feelings do not have intellect. 
Okay, they they are real and powerful, but they do not think that, you know, they're not thinkers. That's why God gave us a brain. Um, feelings, a lot of time, they only just react. I mean, how often I'm not asking you to share right now, but do you get angry and you react? How often do you become sad and you react? How often do you become afraid and you react? I mean, you know, we should. Think about this, you know, a a pilot, a a person that flies an airplane. Um, There's many pilots, so I wanted to be specific, Lori. Uh, he's, He's taken, he has to refuse his trust and his own instincts and emotions in a storm and instead trust the instrument panel. A lot of times uh, that you can't really see the ground or you can't really see where you're going. And so you have to trust your instruments. Make, you know, I, I believe that these are true. Now, if this pilot hits some gnarly storm or some great hard weather and it kind of jostles him around and... Um, you know, it makes him unaware. He loses kind of a sense of where he is. Maybe he doesn't know up or down. He kind of loses sense of what to do. We have an instrument panel that we need to follow. And here it is. We have an instrument panel that we need to follow and we need to trust in it. Because it's more reliable than our own feelings. This instrument panel is. Okay, it is the Word of God, right? It's the truth. It's the truth. This is what sets us free. And so the world has this loud voice that tells us that our, that our emotions are everything. The things that define us, you know, our, our feelings. The world claims that what you feel is the most important thing about you. You know, if it feels good, then do it. You know, if you feel like that's the right thing to do, then it's the right thing to do. You know, the world has values. uh, The world values the phrases like, I needed to get it off my chest. You know, uh, I'm just letting off a little steam. You know, well, here's here's the one that I've used and, I, and I'm trying not to use. Hey, I'm just being honest. Just keeping it real. And so on. You know, we are instructed to handle our emotions by expressing them to the fullest, no matter what others may think or what God says. This is what the world tells us. I mean, even in church, here's the thing, and don't, don't take me wrong here, but even in church, we can get sucked into this type of mentality. Okay, and here, and let me explain. For example, my message today it, it, it is to, um, to help you feel a deep conviction, or maybe inspired. Okay, the music is to help you feel good and to a, a rush of joy, of thanksgiving. Okay, the goal of this type of fellowship is so that we can feel connected and included. We rate our church experience based on whether we feel closer to God, whether we feel the Holy Spirit, or we feel closer to our church family. I mean, these are, these are wonderful feelings, and, and I'm not playing them down. I mean, we should be moved by God's Word. We should rejoice when a sermon or a song uh, touches our hearts. 
Yes, we should. But we should be moved by God's word. It's not, it's not easy to put our feelings or emotions in. It is easy, I'm sorry. It's easy to put our feelings or emotions in front of the truth. It's not always about emotions, is it? What's it about? It's about God. That's what it's always about. It's about God. So I have a couple of challenges that I want to leave you with before we go. And, and my challenge is this. And, 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 I, and I practice this so often at Lankford when I wanted to start, at Lankford 4 where I worked, when I wanted to start living for God. This is one thing I practiced. Change my thought pattern. Because I had some thoughts that were running crazy. I mean, crazy thought pattern. I had to change it. Minute, every, every few minutes. Every few minutes I was telling myself, no, you're not thinking like that no more. You're thinking like this. Okay, we have to change. So here's the challenge. Change your thought patterns. Ask God, ask the Holy Spirit to renew your mind every day. Renew your mind every day. Ask God to empower you to think thoughts that reflect the truth. Remind yourself that God is constantly, listen, God is constantly working for the good of your life. He wants good out of your life, and he is working for that. So you, you don't have to feel freaked out. Know that God is working for that good. Realize that you can face, this is, this is, this is, I like this one. Realize that you can face situations that are out of control without acting out of control emotionally. I mean, I'm going to read that one one more time. Realize that you can face situations that are out of control without acting out of control emotionally. I mean, God is ultimately in control of our lives, isn't he? I mean, and he wants I mean, here's the thing that we fail to forget. He wants the best for us. Okay? He wants the best for you and I. Number two, view emotionally unglued moments as wake-up calls. View emotionally unglued moments as wake-up calls. So when you feel overwhelmed by emotions and unable to manage them, pay attention to what triggered them to make you feel that way. And then here, ask God to help you heal them and grow in whatever area which you need this help, His help. You know, grow in that area. Don't just chalk the situation up as I can't help how I feel. Instead, trust That God really wants to help you change your mind. Repent. Change for the better over time. Amen? He wants us to be better at being Christians, doesn't he? He doesn't just want me to be okay with all the shame and guilt and then just move on. He wants me to grow and grow and realize that that shame doesn't control me. It's my past. The third thing, last thing, try not to emotionally explode. Because I know that's easy. Amen? Amen. Sometimes we can emotionally explode. And so remember that people with whom you are in conflict as someone who God loves. Remember those people that you may be in conflict with as people who God loves. I mean, God loves everyone. Right? Not just those good 
Christian people that we are, making all these great decisions in life. He loves everyone, okay? Um, Read and memorize Bible verses to help us calm down. And uh, when you're upset, um, help you to to trust in God's word. Help you trust in uh, following him in in, in those difficult situations. Uh, Ask God, ask the Holy Spirit of God to bring to mind uh, whenever you find yourself in an emotional moment, uh, to bring to mind the truth. I mean, you know, we do, uh, we, we should be overjoyed. We should be excited and happy and grateful and pleased as punch about God's truth, right? I mean, we should be happy and excited about that. His promise for our lives and the fact that he has, what? God's already won the battle. Amen? It, the, the, the victory is done. I've read the book of Revelation, and I've read the last chapter, and it says that God is the victor. And those who trust in his word will have eternity with him. And there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, and there's going to be no more sea that divides us. We're all going to be connected in God's house. Amen? I mean, that's an exciting time, I think. Um, God's already won. So part of the challenge, this third challenge, try not to explode emotionally. Uh, live this life that God gave us uh, that should reflect his, his, his glory in, in our lives. You know, our emotions should not get the best of us. Our faith in God and our commitment to his word should always come first. Um, our mind, our, our, our words, our actions, and our deeds should not reflect how we are feeling each day. Okay? Um, they should reflect the truth of that God knows. At, they should reflect the truth that we know as Christ followers. And we are Christ followers. Amen? And I realize that there may be a person or two, or I don't know, here today that doesn't know who Christ is. Um, the truth is simple. The truth is simple. Christ was born... He was crucified, he was buried, and he rose from the grave to save us from our sin. By believing in this, through faith, in the truth, you are saved. So maybe you've never said that today. I didn't realize God did all that for me through his son, Jesus Christ. Maybe that's you today, and and, and all this that you've heard about emotions you've been struggling with, but now you're going to throw it to God and you want to say, God, forgive me. If that's you, amen, praise God. I want to hear about it. I want you to come tell Pastor Frank. Tell Tara, someone, tell someone. Because this is, this is one of my most favorite verses. And Paul wrote to the church in Rome. And he said this. Let's read it together. For who everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be, man, wow. It doesn't say just me or Pastor Frank or the Pope or any special person. Everyone. Everyone. I mean, that's big. That's my God. That's how big he is. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, I don't know, are we doing an invitation? It's a Baptist church. We do invitation, don't we? I mean, so you stand 
and Miss Tara and Abby and Jaden and Faith. Everybody say, hey, Faith. She's come from Savannah, Georgia, just to be with us. Uh, if that's you, you've never realized that God did that for you, you come forward. If you want to join the, the church, if you've been coming here for a while and you're like, you know, I, I just like what's going on at First Baptist Church. Pastor Frank, he seems like he's leading this church in a godly way and, and, and the, the, the family seems great. And you want to be a part of this family, you come forward. We can write you down. You can get all the information, the emails. You can be a part. You know, we're, we're supposed to be a part, right? We're to come here as a body of believers, as a church, to glorify God. So whatever the case may be, if you just need to come up here and pray because something's been on your mind, something you've been struggling with, and, and, and don't feel ashamed because now they're asking me to come stand in front of everybody and get on my knees. I don't know if I can get up. I'll help you up. Don't worry about what everyone else is thinking because they're not thinking what you think they're thinking. They're not looking at you going, oh my gosh, he's crazy. What's he doing? They're looking at you going, man, Lord, be with him. They're looking at you going, Lord, we're here for them. Let me help them if, if I need to. Okay, so we're a family here. We just want you to, to, uh, to know that. So you come.